0: Bridge Toll, California customer service number.
1: Highway miles to the gallon. Ford Focus. Highland Cave
0: rescue operation.
1: What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California.
0: Best Western hotels. How
1: old is Ronaldo? What
0: happened with Big Brother? What's engagement? How long gift? before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Are in the first series Use IMAP the to playoffs.
2: check on email on other email clients. Identify fonts
1: from where to
2: find. We four on it.
0: Welcome to the
1: And today, we're going to discuss SEO in large language models and higher education. Joining me is Cassidy Clement, who is the Senior Manager of SEO and Content at Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers is a leading electronic brokerage firm that provides financial services to individual and institutional investors worldwide. Today, Cassidy and I are going to discuss SEO with large language models.
0: This podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs.
1: Okay, here's my conversation with Cassidy Clement, the Senior Manager of SEO and Content and Interactive Brokers. Cassidy, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks so much. Happy to be here.
1: Awesome. So, you know, before we dive into our topic, um, LLMs here, which is obviously a a hot topic in the SEO space, no doubt. Yeah. I really would like to just get a little bit of background. Introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us how you got into SEO.
2: Sure. So, hello, audience. Um, I'm Cassidy. I'm the senior manager of SEO and content at Interactive Brokers. Um, I started in SEO, I guess you could say formally, about 10 years ago. Started with internships, worked my way through up to where I am now. Been at internships throughout nonprofits, economic development, media, marketing agencies. And you know before that, a lot of kids were making lemonade for the $5 on the side of the road to pay for their new bike tires or whatever, I was the kid with the Ethernet cables riding around to fix and set up your router for a cool 10 bucks. So I was always the computer nerd, but you know, I'm here to say, hey, you could do that professionally. And yeah, always, always a big fan of when content meets tech.
1: Awesome. Love it. And I think this is one of the mediums that definitely is achieving that podcast and sharing our knowledge and insight with our listeners. So let's dive into our topic today, SEO and large language models. You know, in terms of of this topic, obviously, a lot is being said, particularly about large language models. And I'd like to get your take there first. What do you see as large language models and how do you want to define that for our audience as it pertains to SEO?
2: Sure. So, I mean, entering on the basics here, you know, language models and large language models are looking for the deep learning algorithms that can then perform some natural language processing tasks. So... When we're looking at it from an SEO perspective, there's some good and some bad. There's been different research. And I know within the past year, it's been heavily popular, but really... You know, for the people who are doing some organic SEO, you're going to start to see some of these suggestions come within the constructing some rejects within your Search Console platforms, some click worthy title generators, and then, of course, your meta description creation if you're going large scale with different types of campaigns as you change. Proofreading is another one you might hear. And then, of course, you know, your gold stars that you can bring into your director's office, which is your featured snippets and those potentials. But there's also the not-so-great side, which you'll hear about, which is people are starting to look at it from the AI keyword research. It's not always advanced enough, and there is some human intervention that needs to happen for it to accurately be depicted. Some people will rely on it for long-form content. I'm sure by the time this goes out, there's going to be like 50 new AI posts that people can critique and give their SEO knowledge on. But usually those articles, blogs, full pages for guides, etc., some content, if it's deriving itself from large language models that are learning from the same items, don't always get as sharp as they should because the boilerplate is the same. And then finally, that search intent classification, which is looking at a larger scale of what's in that matrix or that model instead of the actual context. And if anybody is working with an AI engineer or somebody within AI content, you'll notice that usually the first thing with prompts is working out the content and the context, kind of semantics and syntax. If you are a Python coder, any coders in the house, that kind of thing, you'll start to notice that that's the basics of, of it on SEO. I hope that was short and sweet and some bullet points for you.
1: No, I love it. I think it's perfect. And, you know, I think one of the great points that you highlighted there is this is just a this is an evolving landscape, right? We're seeing new technologies being introduced on the weekly here, and almost the scale of innovation in some of these technologies is really, really interesting and alarming. With respect to SEO, what are some of the the benefits or the, the direction in which SEO is taking and utilizing this technology?
2: So, I mean, really, you're looking at it for the first concept, so we'll go soup to nuts here. Content creation is usually the first step. You can look at that for prompts within trends and then also how to create and structure some of these areas that have gaps, how to fill them in with your content to also build out what you have. Kind of the straw man, actually putting the clothes on the straw man, that kind of thing. The secondary part is then looking at some of the technical SEO and then the supplemental SEO pieces. That's your meta descriptions. And then that's also making sure that those errors in your search console and your other technical SEO tools are accurate. You can pull in a lot of data with these items. So depending on what tool you use, let's say you have a large CSV, you have all your errors in there, you can start to look at what gaps to attack. And then I guess really the final piece is if you do work with your ad team starting to pin together on trend basis on a trend basis where you guys start to overlap what areas that you can both target with that gap because as most people know that search algo formula I believe it's um, the quality score formula if they still use that terminology at Google I'm young but I've still been around long enough that they've changed it 10 different times um, <laughs> but usually it's going to be half organic and half paid so it's nature and nurture there. So you have to be able to accommodate for both and, you know, this system is a great tool that helps to make your team sharper. That's really how I see it within that SEO space being put into practice. Other than right now, which is still kind of evolving, there's a lot of pitches out there of what it could be used for, but what I've seen out there, that's kind of the direction that it's going.
1: No, I love that. And I think one of the best points that that you alluded to there is really in terms of operationalizing process, like making process faster, easier, simpler. I also love the components around maintaining quality and integrity around your work and making LLMs uh, drive that for you, make you uh, more efficient in terms of filling out your copy, filling out your, your page, improving the experience for users. I think this is what's really interesting. I mean, alluding to your point about search quality is that by itself, a large language model or natural language processing or any of these providers that are leveraging this technology, right? OpenAI, the gambit, you know, the reality is that the experience is what really matters here, right? Like what you actually put on your page is still matters, right? Absolutely. So as we dive a little bit deeper here, what are some of the drawbacks? What are some of the areas that you feel large language models are unable to really fulfill the satisfaction of the SEO role, or in better terminology, the expectation of the user here?
2: Right. So really, that first piece that we want to talk about, at least that's not amazing, is something that uh, has actually been in the SEO space for a while. I'd probably say the last decade, maybe 15 years. It's the uh, conflict of writing for the bot versus writing for the human. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be a bit of an issue because, Initially, you're going to want to write to hit those trend points that it's saying the market is going, meaning whatever market you're writing for. But you still need that human intervention to look at what the data sources are and derive it. There's also a lot of competition that's going to start to come into this space. So, there currently is the idea of Google is king. We've all kind of lived under that monarchy for a while. And we can look through all of their support documentation through the entire number line of when they started to where we're at and put those things together. But as we look at uh, ChatGPT right now is Microsoft, I believe, and then we have Bard with Google. Somebody is going to have to start to define what is the norm And that's going to cause some problems because some people are going to write for one thing, some may write for another, or get their data from different language models. And there can be people putting in items that aren't totally accurate. There could be some, I believe the one big piece was there could be like people finding um, holes within these language models. Whether it's jailbreaking, um, issues with data, working with data that's corrupted. There's a lot of pitfalls for this, but we're just starting like the Wright brothers, man. We are just trying to get this plane off the ground. There's no doubt in my mind within 100 years, my grandkids are going to be like, hey, check out this hologram I got. Right. But really, I think it's a good thing to keep in mind that SEO changes every hour, which goes into another topic we're going to talk about. But that's part of this, is it's going to be an evolution of learning for both the machine and the people. And I think SEO is going to have, The globe are going to have to keep that in mind as they start to choose and stick with languages, processes, systems that they put in place.
0: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io.
1: Right. I mean, the real valid concept here for SEOs is that today, large language models, today, Bard, OpenAI, Claude, the, the gambit, they actually don't run in an autonomous way. Like, I think that's the, the fallacy here is, is that AI is that there's no human intervention. But uh, the reality is that that's not true, right? These are still not self-powered or self-developed uh, technologies. They can generate and they can generate great responses and great outputs, but they don't actually function in full-fledged form autonomously. That's the problem.
2: Absolutely. The model dates, yeah, the models can be dated. Um, There could be certain sectors that view it as some type of an existential crisis. So they may not feed as much data into that um, as they would like for whatever questions or systems that they keep outside because some of this stuff is fully crawled, scraped, or stored. And, you know, at the most basic, I do remember sometime in probably several months ago in the summer People were finding flaws within mathematical equations that they were putting into these systems because they actually were starting to learn different ways to do it, and it wasn't yielding the same results. That kind of goes into the misinformation and the data set quality. But that's something over time. I mean, you could put a lot of things into new items, and it just spits out whatever it has. I mean, it's young yet.
1: Right. You know, I think there's other applications that you mentioned earlier that I'd like to actually like look into, which is there's the the content concepts, but there's also the data. There's also the, the supporting functions that we as SEOs are all too familiar with, but often overlook in terms of the value of you leveraging uh, language models to help us facilitate, right? Everything from, you know, communication with our internal stakeholders, Language models can help you do that better than you can, maybe even faster, especially if you're one SEO in an organization of thousands of people, right? What if you could create points of scale communication about SEO with every single internal stakeholder if you're an in-house SEO? Or what if you could actually communicate with every one of your agency coworkers within your organization about SEO? Well, language models can help you do that much faster than you sitting there pounding out an email every 15 minutes. So getting back on track here, with respect to where this is going and, and how you envision this playing out, where do you see the frontier going? You know, you mentioned that we're still the Wright brothers, and I visited Kitty Hawk, and I can tell you right now it's not a very far distance that they traveled, but I'm sure that the landing was uh, bumpier than most of my flights. So, um, wh- where's this going?
2: Yeah, I mean, I really, from the perspective of, I'm going to say the word that all interns in college grads fear. Grunt work. (laughs) And trust me, I've been there. I've put alt text on an e-commerce site that is um, not for the weary. I've been through it, man. In the trenches, doing no index, no follows, your meta, your focus, key phrases, checking out your lang tags. we have all been there. If something could get some of that tediousness out, so that testing a concept and getting a crawl initiated as soon as possible could happen. Odds are it's going to be great. And I think based on the execution and the record of these language models, that can be possible, especially if you're able to import data or at least write somewhat of a macro for a CSV or some type of script that can execute some of that. I know that really from a learning perspective there's some concern about making sure that you understand the background of it before you just learn the execution of it because that's kind of the fear originally like accountants were like hey don't use that calculator we want to make sure you know your PL statements without that ti89 right but that's going to be the reality because it'll save hours sometimes and i think really that's where it's going it's some of the grunt work and it's also some of the the trend analysis and finding some ways to accommodate larger scale tasks that really are repetitious.
1: Right, I wanna do a quick rapid fire round with you because I love this. Um, So I'm gonna ask you like three questions, real fast, quick responses. I mean, the first one is, is the SEO job dead now because of large language models?
2: No, it's gonna be different.
1: (laughs) I totally agree, totally different, absolutely. Will colleges be easier to get into because you have large language models?
2: (laughs) Ooh, oh man. Depends on how fast the students learn and the system learns, because you have to know how to write the right prompts.
1: Mm-hmm. That's no doubt. Write prompts. Oh man, that is uh, spot on. I, I I screwed a prompt up this morning on creating a new Zoom background and totally butchered it. But anyway, another story for another day. Um, <laughs> and then uh, last rapid fire round here: Will software and this innovation around AI? at all influence how SEOs do their work? I
2: think that the way that these tools are going to start to integrate with other things, there are some AI tools out there right now. I know this is a little longer than rapid fire, but I think that it's definitely going to change the tools we use, hopefully for the better, as soon as they hit the market. But I think it's going to take a little bit of time for everything to learn, again, the human versus robot conundrum that we deal with as humans every day in our job.
1: Awesome. Okay, that wraps up this SEO strategy episode on the Voices Search podcast. Thank you to Cassidy Clement from Interactive Brokers for joining us. In part 2 of this interview, which will be published tomorrow, Cassidy and I are going to discuss SEO becoming part of a college education. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Cassidy, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. Okay.
0: Thanks to Jordan Cooney, the founder of Previsible. If you'd like to get in touch with Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io.